What is going on, friends? How you guys doing? This is another edition, once again, of the CYJ podcast. It's a pleasure to come to you guys once again and discuss some football. As we mentioned last week, this is all about football. So uh, before before anything, let, let me just introduce you to our good old friend Josh here on the other side. How are you doing today, Josh? What's up? What's up? What's up? Good, good. Uh, freak weather, right? But we'll discuss that right now. But everybody good. <laughs> That's good, man. Uh, how'd you feel about uh, no football uh, for the first man, time? That was crazy. Uh, I was confused. <laughs> I deep down inside, I was like, oh, there's a game coming up. Nope. That puppy got put away already. So unfortunately, we're going to st- all start to have withdrawals. And any new news, any breaking news is going to be big, right? Yep. Uh, and it, was, it was difficult. It was difficult to adjust. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's kind of weird to see that the only sport left is basketball. Nothing against basketball, but eh. Does yeah. it just, especially on a Sunday, Sunday feels like it's a football yeah. thing. So. You know just, what? Yeah. But uh, anyway, I, I'd love to introduce Yanko, but unfortunately, um, guys, uh, Yanko is in the middle of a storm right now. As we all know, I don't know if you guys know, but the, practically all of Texas went through, I guess, the once in a century blizzard. Uh, he's without power, so unfortunately, he will not be able to join us tonight. Uh, he probably won't even know what we're recording till about. <laughs> what did he say Wednesday? He might be getting power back. Yeah. So Yanko, crazy. Yanko, I, we apologize for you not being able to be here with us, but he was a pretty, uh, he's a good sport about us going on without him. So uh, Yanko, hopefully everything's well. Hopefully, when you're listening to this, uh, you got power again, and hopefully, you got more battery on your cell phone so you can answer. Stay these safe, Yanko. Stay safe. Yes, sir, man. And we'll definitely be uh, hopefully having you back by next Monday. Before we jump into anything, I know we were mentioning about uh, football right now, not being here on Sunday. Uh, do you miss? By, I, I, know, I know I've never been a fan of the Pro Bowl, but growing up, I kind of remember the Pro Bowl being after the Super Bowl and being a little bit, I don't know, it felt a little bit funner back then. Am I wrong to think that? Maybe like if we would have had the Pro Bowl this weekend, I, maybe COVID probably wouldn't have given it to us anyway. But does it feel like it kind of – doesn't it feel like it gets kind of lost in between the Super Bowl weeks? I don't know what your thoughts are on that. I know it's a curveball, yeah. but random I question. I think it there. does. I think it does. Number one thing, I think the NFL uh, did the Pro Bowl disservice when they moved it away from Hawaii. Definitely. Uh, a lot of the players, that's like an incentive for them to kind of, you know, uh, let's, let's, you know, if you're in the Pro Bowl, you're considered, you know, a, a really good player, you know, the top of the top, right? Uh, And I know there's a lot of fan bias too, right? But I definitely think it was a huge mistake uh, moving it from Hawaii. And then also, I think now in between, like you said, it's kind of a little, okay, do you watch? Do you not watch? It's boring either way. I think the NFL needs to do something because the Pro Bowl is completely irrelevant, the game itself. Uh, The NBA does it good. MLB does it good. Heck, even the MLS does it good. I've watched that all-star, you know, when they face, you know, a super team or whatever, but the NFL has to do something. The only thing that I do watch, and I don't think they air it all that much like they used to anymore, is like the the challenges, like the quarterback challenges. Like yeah, I think I think they got away from it for like a decade, and then they kind of came back. Uh, like That was pretty fun. Ago. That was, uh, I really tuned into that. So that, I, in my opinion, they got to do something like that, you know, kind of like spice it up a little. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, I still think that even before the Super if they, if they air it before the Super Bowl or if they ever air it after the Super Bowl, it's still irrelevant. Right. You know, definitely. It, it is something. 
Yeah, I agree. And, you know, it's hard with football. I think we all agree that football being a contact sport, what player wants to really, you know, tear his ACL in the Pro Bowl and then putting his season in jeopardy for the following year. So yeah. I get it. But I do think that it all comes down to the the extra stuff. I don't know. Maybe have a, a field goal challenge, soccer style, a penalty shootout, something like do a, I don't know. Before they had that that uh, challenge where the quarterbacks would go in and see who could throw it the farthest. And yeah. it, it was a lot of neat stuff. Uh, I, I know the NFL is trying. And you got to give it to them. But I do agree with you. I think if you move it back to Hawaii, it, it brings back a little bit of a of a spicier uh, Pro Bowl than what you have now. Yeah. But, but yeah, not, and really it was just a, a small thing. Cause I remember growing up, it was like, Oh, the Pro Bowl, the Pro Bowl right after the Super Bowl. And I know by then a lot of players do end up dropping out too, which is why the NFL actually ended up moving it too. Yeah. And at the end of the day though, Josh, I do think that the NFL is not going to do anything because the ratings are still there. The ratings continue to be a boom. I was reading right. once. I think the Pro Bowl has better ratings than a lot of premier sporting events, which Isn't is crazy. crazy. Yeah. Crazy. It's crazy. But anyway, anyway, Josh, I don't think the, everyone's here to listen about the promo. As we talked about, it's pretty irrelevant. <laughs> but uh, let's talk about some of the moves that happened this week. I think the big one, J.J. Watt. Uh, crazy, crazy, crazy. Uh, it seems to me like, I don't know, I, I'm kind of curious to see what's going on there. Because J.J. Watt asked for his release, and he's immediately released. Even though I, I, I even read that there were some trade speculation. Uh, they had received some offers, and they still gave him the okay. Uh, apparently they don't want to do that with with Watson and 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 truthfully said you don't want to trade away your your star quarterback. But uh, what are your thoughts on this? JJ uh, Watt no longer a, a, a Texan. Man, I, I was shocked. Uh, I I almost thought he was going to be traded. I didn't think he was going to be released. But uh, I think they they owed it to him um, from a football standpoint and also from everything that he's done for that community. Uh, you know, it's, it's almost like he poured, you know, all his energy into Houston and, you know, everything he had, all these, uh, things going on and, and charities and, you know, when the hurricane happened. So I think not that it was good ownership, uh, but I think they gave him the benefit of the doubt, right? You know what? You've done this service to us. You've been a great player. You've been exemplary. You were a face of a franchise really when Deshaun wasn't there. Cause who else was there? Right. It was JJ. Yep. So I, I think they, they gave it to him. You know what? You'll release and you get to choose wherever, wherever you want to play. Uh, so I'm not going to say kudos to Houston because that franchise seems to be in a disarray right now and seems to be going in limbo. But oh, at yeah. least they gave a they gave JJ, you know, the the stamp I, I, of, you know, does that I, I basically I, I think it's safe to say that that at least gives a little bit to the organization of Houston, a little credit enough. For at least some free agents to say, uh, well, you know what? Maybe it's not as bad. O'Brien's not there anymore. Maybe they're trying to change things up a little. Did you see that the fans started a, a, a yeah. donations, a $99 donations right. for his charity? That's pretty good. <laughs> and, and that kind of goes to show to the kind of player that J.J. Watt is. He's, a, exactly. he's always been a good guy. He's been a good guy. Exactly. Uh, I do think his best years are definitely behind him. Um, yeah. he, he's, he's probably a player you definitely want to line up on your team if possible. But uh, the question is, where does he land? What, what are your thoughts? Uh, what, what's his price tag also? I know he's not going to get paid big money. Not anymore. At least I don't think so. But what are your thoughts? So fun fact, okay? And for those that uh, wanted us to, you know, and constructive criticism, welcome, guys. So by all means, 
So more facts, right? Uh, and obviously offering our opinions, but just to get perspective here. Um, obviously, JJ was drafted by the Texans. So at age 25 and is when he got that big payday. So he got a six-year, uh, $100 million contract and some change. But it was six-year, $100 million, right? He played out all through it, and this would have been the final year of his contract. But of course, you know, the Texans save. So he's made, not including his rookie deal, Right, right, right. When he got drafted, we're not including that. I'm just including the first time he got paid as as an elite player. He has made ninety one million three hundred seventy six thousand three hundred eighty five. Okay, so why do I mention that? Because in my eyes, at least, a player that has made that much amount of money, I think money is the least uh, thing in his head. Right, priorities. So quick, Adrian, say, quick, quick, quick question, Adrian. Does that mean uh, his last year got voided then? So he it just yes. got cut out. Okay. So it was about 17, 17 million and a half, 17 million, 500,000. That, that it's no dead when they just, it just got old. It was just a wash uh, basically. Right. So gotcha. JJ okay, right cool. now is 32. Okay. okay. So my thing would be that JJ would go somewhere, you know, to, to try to win a chip or at least attempt to get closer to it. Right. Uh, and there's been a lot of teams that have been thrown around. Um, I think that in the NFC, it would make perfect sense for the Packers to make a mm-hmm. run at him. I could see that. Uh, you, it's like you said right now, JJ is not that guy who used to be that dominant defender, even though, ironically, stats say, I, I forgot where I read this, I think it was the herd. He mentioned that JJ was the most doubled defender on the line this year. So even at his age, he's still you know, uh, getting that attention from offensive linemen, right? So although he has injury, has had injury problems, uh, you know, but I, I think he's still a guy that could contribute big. In the NFC, I would say Packers because the Packers, you know, I think they, they need to do a move to, to kind of warrant Aaron Rodgers to say, you know what, you're right, here, here we go. You know, let's, let's make this push. And it's not going to change night and day, but his presence alone, I think, would would solidify that. that I defense. can see that. Yeah, I can see uh, that. You know, and and again, I don't think he's going to cost all that much. I'm not going to go into numbers, but he's not going to demand you know high money like let's say Shaq Barrett would from from Tampa this year, right? He wants yeah. to get paid. JJ already made his money. And in the AFC, man, in the AFC, I think it's a little it's a little dicey. I think he he has a pick of the litter, but. I would tell you that it's two thing, two teams in the AFC. Uh, one, the Browns. Uh, I'm not saying the Browns are title contenders, but they have a really stacked team. So if I was JJ, and, then, know, uh, and have, an underrated defense, I think, and an underrated defense, they have Miles Garrett on one side. You're lining up JJ on the other, you know, and for the first time in his career, maybe he's not going to be the the guy who's going to get doubled, right? It, it's going to mm-hmm. be Miles Garrett, so. I think it makes perfect sense for the Browns perhaps to make a run out of it. That would make them that much relevant. And I would say the Steelers, not because his brother's there, but it, it seems like it's always like a Steeler move, you know, a, a, mm-hmm. a typical Pittsburgh move. Let's go get this veteran. Let's plug him in, you know, and, and, and let's make him run. So I'm leaning more towards the Packers. Let's see if the Packers do this. They have, they, they don't have that history of like, you know, getting a sexy player in there, you know, that, that has a name for himself. It, it was very conservative, you know, but, uh, those are those are my options. Well, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that the Packers haven't really done that 
One name that does come to mind is Julius Peppers. If you remember, he he didn't start yeah. off with the Packers, and at the end of his at the tail end of his career, he actually got to Green Bay. Um, it was pretty old. He had to be in his middle to late thirties when he right. showed up there, and he actually still had a quite of an impact. Um, so good point that you bring up, and, and and I'm not saying that they have never done it. I'm saying in recent years, right? Of course, yeah, yeah. Of course, when they picked up Charles Woodson. Sir Charles Woodson, who was inducted <laughs> into the Hall of Fame, I thank you. So that was the last time they did As something. As a Green Bay like Packer. That, right? Hey, but it's all good. He made two Super Bowls, one with the Packers, one with the Raiders. Anyways. <laughs> Which one uh, did he win? Which one did he lose? Well, he, he lost to the Raiders, but he made it with the Packers. So, but anyways, anyways. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, it, it, I think it's perfect. It's perfect for him to go. Hey, to you know what? Not, 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 and. Preston Smith is up for contract. He's he's a free agent this year. The Smith brothers have been tearing it up on D and that defensive line. And then you got Kenny Clark in the middle. And I, I was actually going to say the Packers make the most sense of all. If you ask me, Preston Smith is a good player. I think he's 31 years old, maybe like a year younger than J.J. Watt. I think he's, he's going to be a little bit more expensive than J.J. Watt. And if you ask me, I think J.J. Watt's going to be a better bargain regardless. Because as you mentioned, think of it this way. You got Kenny Clark down the middle. And you got Zadarius Smith on the other side. So now you plug in J.J., which J.J., the, the nice thing about J.J. is he can, he can play the nose or you can push him out right to the edge. So you know, whatever you want to do on that line, yep. which of those three are you going to legitimately focus on if you're the offensive line? And honestly, I think you go for Zadarius Smith. But now when you, you, when you think about that, J.J. Watt went on one multiple times, I, I think that's pretty scary. And I, I would not even be surprised if uh, J.J. Watt goes off with the Packers and ends up having like a historical season or a something. Monster year. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how even I have this, uh, maybe because, he, uh, you know, he went to the University of Wisconsin, Badgers, right? And he's always like, you know, representing his Badger swag. And even when he made the announcement in, in uh, Wait, was, was, media. Was he with Russell Wilson at some point? I th- I'd like to look. I don't I'm remember. Sure. I think that that'll be, that, that would be a fun fact to check out. That- I think he came. He probably came. They, they had to add cross pass, I would figure. because Because uh, this is where Yanko comes in handy. But uh, <laughs> uh, I remember J.J. Watt was, I think, one or two picks after Alden Smith in 2011 in the 2011 draft by the 49ers. And Russell Wilson, that was the year the Niners came became relevant. And that year, Russell Wilson was also drafted. So I'm... I'm, I believe the last year of J.J. Watt was probably the year Russell was there. Because I don't, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think Russell Wilson wasn't the quarterback there all of his entire college, college career. But anyway, uh, going back a little bit to J.J. Watt, I, I think you're looking it up anyway. But my thoughts on J.J. Watt, if it's not Green Bay, I do think Pittsburgh's going to do a, a, a lot to try to get him. Yeah. Having his brother there. Yeah, uh, I, I think I think Pittsburgh has the the opportunity to get JJ Watt at the biggest bargain of them all, because I think JJ and TJ to play next to each other in what is already a ridiculous defense, because Pittsburgh's defense is is just wow. I mean, right. we we last year they basically that's what kept them in a lot of the games because at the end of the day, the big Ben Roethlisberger that we'll talk about a little bit later in the show. Um, that right. situation is 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 not fun. Uh, we saw it oh, last. Fun week. fact: Yeah, they they didn't play. Oh, they, they did. They just missed a, a year. Oh, apart. Oh, okay. Well, there yeah. you go. Uh, but but funny thing, last year the the Steelers 
They barely missed the playoffs, but even then it was the defense that kind of kept them in. So I think JJ Watt makes perfect sense there, but outside of the obvious, thinking a little bit outside the box, I think there's two teams that I'd like to, you know, possibly see one of them being the new England Patriots. We've seen it. How many times new England comes in and takes up on a player that has high, high potential, very low risk. That's how I see JJ Watt. Bill Belichick might get under his ear, you know, I guess the only thing that might be off is I think Bill O'Brien is back there. So I don't know if JJ Watt and Bill O'Brien might actually mesh. Well, I don't know. Something tells me that Bill O'Brien and, and JJ Watt aren't as big of an issue as people might think, but I don't know. But outside of that one, the one where you kind of think outside the box is the Las Vegas Raiders. And here's why you guys are a mess. I mean, I mean the Raiders are a mess on defense. That's the biggest issue. So, so thinking outside the box, if I'm John Gruden, I've heard that he's, 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 he's obviously extremely interested in, in Richard Sherman. It, 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 it seems like he finally realizes that unless they figure out their defensive situation, it doesn't matter what they do, they're going to continue failing at, at, at all the football levels. So I, I would not be surprised. You bring in a little J.J. Watt, you got a leader now in the defensive line. We saw it his rookie year. Crosby was a heck of an, uh, of an edge rusher. He's good. But it doesn't seem like he's the guy. It doesn't seem like he's, he's going to be the guy that takes over for years to come as a defensive leader on the defensive line. But you bring a it's guy a like... complimentary piece. Exactly. He, he's an, I would think, an above average, can even make a Pro Bowl kind of player, but maybe not the guy that's going to break you the bank. Probably anchor, not. Anchor your defense. Yep. You, you bring him in. Maybe you bring in a Richard Sherman. Maybe you bring in uh, another key defender. And next thing you know, you got a, a better foundation for the Raiders. That's my thoughts. I, I'm not sure if that's going to be the route, but I would thinking outside the box. I think uh, JJ Watt uh, would not surprise me. But now that we're talking about the Raiders, I know there were the the other big news. I guess there wasn't too many big news this week concerning releases or trades or anything like that. Uh, Ty, Tyrell Williams. Uh, a lot of you all probably don't even remember him. He was out last year, injured. Uh, wide receiver number 16, correct from the Raiders. Correct. Yes, sir. Uh, dude, I know <laughs> I loved him in fantasy about two years ago. He was a touchdown machine. Touchdown Good guy. Machine. Uh, I, I think the fact that he's being released is more of a cap situation more than 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 anything else. I think the Raiders are in a are in contention to get big names. I've heard Juju thrown out there. I've heard some other big names, but I know you're the you're the you have the Raider insight there. So tell me a little bit more about this move. So it would be one of those things that we call cap casualties. Um, as we all know, the, due to COVID, uh, the, the cap space, the, you know, the, the amount is coming down. So that has a lot of teams right now in a, in a very difficult bind. And Tyrell would, would uh, you would say basically about 11 million if you cut him. That's a lot uh, for, for that kind of player. Yeah. So well, what did you guys give him? Yeah. A little bit of context regarding that. So Tyrell got his contract. He came from San Diego. And just to talk a little bit, there was a San Diego Chargers then. Okay, so Charger fans are tripping out because it's LA. It was San Diego then. It's okay. Um, I think I, I only know like one Charger fan. and It's all good. It, so he came into the league in 2015. His first year was a, was a watch. You know, he had a couple of catches here and there. His breakout performance came in 2016. He had 69 catches and accumulated 1,059 yards, and he had seven touchdowns. From there, the next two years in San Diego, you know, subpar years. 
which brings me to my next point. At 27, he goes to, to Oakland, then Oakland, of course. He signs a four-year, $44 million contract with 22 of it being guaranteed. Uh, so it was about 10, 11 per year. Uh, but let's face it, he has not amounted, you know, to, to that production, you know, that, that we think, you know, the Raiders were, you know, on the bargain for. Last year, uh, which is his first year, uh, he was under a thousand, but he did get seven touchdowns. So he was a red zone machine in that regard. You know, Carr will look at him to, you know, to, to, for the ball, you know, for the touchdowns. So when we got Tyrell or when the Raiders signed Tyrell, I, I really, I never thought of him as a number one. I was always thinking he would be a number two, number three piece. A high but end they, number two, yes, maybe high end number three. Uh, that's his ceiling. So he, he uh, I don't think his contract warranted, you know, for him to be shown as a number one. Maybe it was a lot, but, you know, 10, 11 mil for, for, a, for, a, for a receiver right now. Well, it's not that it's a bargain, but, you know, it, it, it's safe space. So that's why he's being cut. His production never amounted. Plus this year and the year before he was ravaged by injuries, uh, you know, so it was time. And you know to, what? It's safe to, to say that, that the Raiders were going through a bit of a transition that happened to right. my Niners of a couple of years ago. That unfortunately, when you're a bad team, you got to sign players a little bit exactly. more than because you, you got to get production. You got to lure them. You got to exactly. lure them in, and, and they're not going to take a pay cut to go to a bad organization. Right. That's what the Raiders. Exactly. So it's understood that they had to do that. So it makes sense. Right. So what happens so, with the Raiders now? So now, in my opinion, and you kind of mentioned it right now, um, I think their stock is really high on obviously uh, Rugs and also uh, Edwards. Uh, you know, they had really high expectations for the rookie, for correct? Edwards, the rookie, yeah. Was, he was, like a, was he like a fourth round pick? It was a fifth round pick, fifth, okay. fourth or fifth round pick. So, uh, you know, COVID happened. Not making any excuses, but he had a really good training camp, apparently, or for what, whatever walkthroughs they had. They had high expectations for him, but he went down. Rugs, obviously, the same thing, right? They had really high expectations for him. And, and I think Justin Jefferson, again, not, not speaking, but. I, the numbers that Justin Jefferson put as a rookie, man, that is crazy. Oh, like yeah. rookie receivers never have this kind of impact, you know, on the year number you one. You know, and, and that's crazy because he wasn't the only one really. And that's that's the story that's been around for receivers for right. the longest time. Yeah, exactly. And he, he accumulated like 1,400 yards. Now, why I bring that point? I'm not making an excuse for rugs, but I mean, really, it's, all, it's, it's a productivity business, right? So you mesh up a receiver that the Vikings picked later in the first round. Right. And he accumulated over 1400 yards and everybody else before him. The only one you can kind of say, obviously, is CD, CD Lamb, you know, but he didn't have that kind of production, uh, you know, quarterback situation, whatever. But Jared Judy didn't do much. Bruggs had little glimpses such as Jared Judy, you know, so, uh, you know, first year offense, uh, a oh, first year quick, receiver, it, it's hard. It, so it's hard thing. to so, 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 production, you know. So Judy, you you get the draft again. Judy's on the board. Ruggs is on the board. Uh, obviously, I'm not going to bring in uh, Minnesota because we know you would take him. And Brandon Ayuk is on the board. Who do you take? Reed I Ruff. would take C.D. Lamb, bro. Oh, C.D. Lamb. My apologies. You're right. I would I'm take C.D. Lamb. Lamb. I can see that. I can I see take that. C.D. Lamb. And you know what? It's still a little hard to you know the the jury is out on Ruggs. He had a very subpar year. Uh, Nick Saban spoke wonders of him. 
He was a great route runner. Obviously, his speed is is unmatched. But you know, COVID COVID was a little weird here. You know, so I really don't know what we have or mm-hmm. what the Raiders have. It's it, hard to critique us. that kind of pick. Yeah, the only the only thing that crazy, but. the only thing that scares me about that pick is is it almost felt like an Al Davis draft all over again. Speed, speed. You get the fastest speed. guy. You you know how I mean. I don't have to tell you, but if we go back and check his a sub four forty. Hey, uh, James Jett, Jacoby Ford. That yeah. was that was his MO. And, and look, to defend the old man, he did have a point to a certain degree. You cannot teach speed. Mm-hmm. You can't. Yep. Right. Everything else you can craft. You you the work ethic either, right? Either the player has it or they don't. But I mean, route running you can teach. You know, catchability you can teach. Uh, breaking out of the you know the breaks you can teach, but you can't teach speed, right? So. Uh, but something, but, something that I've learned though in the years is what, what's more important: is forty yard, forty yard dash speed, you know, streak speed, or football speed, as we know. I mean, Jerry Rice, who's known as the goat, it wasn't the the, the fastest nope. forty yard dash guy. No, he was actually. I, I wouldn't. I'm not going to put my numbers out there because I don't remember exactly what uh, Jerry uh, Jerry's like forty yard dash was, but he yeah. wasn't the fastest guy out there. And, and nope. so, time and time again, I think, you know, unless you're playing Madden. Speed is important, yes. I don't want to underappreciate speed, but many times I think it is a little overvalued because what the try to think back to the fastest receiver you know that's you know has had a Hall of Fame career. I don't know. I don't I know he's not gonna make the Hall of Fame, Deshaun Jackson, but you know, at a recent memory, the last time yeah. before the question is 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 your boy Ruggs gonna be a good pick or is he going to be another John Ross? And that's like you said, we can't judge it because obviously COVID, you know, there is a lot of questions, but yeah. hopefully for the Raiders sake that it's, it's not the whole John Ross. So do you I, guys I go you in what, and get yeah. another? I, I would say, I mean, again, nothing, nothing, not, not to get off subject here, but I think the, the jury is, is out on rugs, but not to that degree. I would actually have pause for concern for the following pick that they had, which is cornerback David Arnett. That I would be scratching my head right now. I'm like, OMG, you know, we missed out. You know, we had a Patrick, uh, the linebacker from the Ravens. Yes, right? McQueen. correct. You know, he was on the board. Linebacker was was a, was a need. Yet you cornerback was too, but he had drafted cornerbacks last year, you know. So you went with Arnett. Some people felt that you reached and McQueen was there. Linebacker was also a need. So, you know, I think Ruggs, you know, hopefully you, you would figure he has a, a better year coming into to year two. Uh, but the jury is out, right? I mean, forevermore, this was a year receiver because I think five of them were taken this year in the first round. It was you know, like Jalen Rager, Jalen like a... mm-hmm. Rager, Jared Judy, Justin Jefferson, uh, C.D. Lamb, and Henry Ruggs. And so Ayuk, five receivers. Six. And Brandon Ayuk, six, right? So, man. And that's, and that's not to say um, you got T. Higgins, who was drafted later in the year. He right. was a uh, later in the draft, sorry. We, right. It was a Stacked wide receiver draft. Right. It was so stacked. forevermore, your name is going to get a nitpick with those other guys. So it all that's comes down hard. to productivity. Yeah. I, and I think I think it comes down also that whichever one of those guys would have gotten picked first, it was going to be tough because you were fighting against the other amazing receivers that were in this yep. draft class. So regardless of who you were, it was going to be tough. But going to a point that you mentioned about the Raiders getting a cornerback in the second round, um, I've come, uh, this is just my point of view, but I, I've come to realize that 
for me, cornerbacks, either they are top 10 talent and you pick them early. You know, you got the Patrick Petersons. You got the Jalen Ramsey's of the world. The, the, the amazing talent that's there instantly. Or I don't think it's worth picking them until the third, fourth, fifth round. Why? I just feel if you if you think you have a need at the cornerback position and then you go into the second round, I think cornerbacks are better fit to be complementaries rather than being the guy on defense. You know, you, you, you see it many times. It doesn't matter how good of a cornerback you have, unless they're the Jalen Brancys of the world. They're going to struggle if you don't have a good pass rush, you don't got a good linebacker core, and you don't got good safeties. It, it, they just struggle. So if I'm the Raiders, I know that Raiders had a lot of deficiencies on defense. So I think part of the issue is not just that they drafted a corner. They could have drafted another position and maybe get get another kind of corner later in the in the following rounds. But that's just my thoughts on, on a little rant on, on, on sometimes what I see with the cornerbacks. But anyway, uh, is there any – how about we go into the – there hasn't been a lot of news this week. Uh, there hasn't been much information since last Monday. So there's a lot of speculation still out there. I know uh, Deshaun Watson is the big fish still to be talked about. I know uh, Bleacher Report uh, posted this week. Deshaun Watson is reportedly intrigued for being traded to the 49ers or Broncos. And I got to give us our kudos from last week's uh, podcast. If you guys uh, haven't heard it, I'd recommend you go ahead and watch or listen in to our first podcast last week. Uh, yours truly mentioned the 49ers and our good friend Josh here uh, mentioned the Broncos. So let, let's talk a little bit more. I know we discussed it last week, um, but, but, but here's something we didn't go into too much. At what point, first off, what's, what's the price? What's the price? So what's, what's the cost? Because this, this has never happened in, in, my, in my book. Oh. I've never seen a 26-year-old franchise top five, safe to say, quarterback in the NFL who's on the trade block, but not really on the trade block. What's the cost for him? The only one I can think of in modern day, and it's not, it's been years has been Jay Cutler. So Mike okay, Shanahan, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. when he was fired from Denver, they got a, uh, it transitioned over right to the new regime and Jay Cutler wanted out. So Jay Cutler was not necessarily in the prime of his career, but he was an exciting prospect. And, and he had a cannon of an arm, and he had worked perfect in Denver. And I think they people forget him. they forget how good he was in Denver. had a rocket, man. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Cutler had a rocket. And, and that's when he got traded to Chicago. And if I'm not mistaken, the Bears gave up two first-round picks then. And that was unheard of. Not for the compensation, but the point that you alluded to. How can you trade your franchise quarterback, right? Insane. When, when every year, relationship. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's something that that, that that puzzles me every year. I, I think about every year, every single year, you get at least, at least in the worst case, worst drafts, two quarterbacks picked in the first round. Sometimes as, as high as five or six. Yep. Now, that means in a decade, worst case scenario, 20 quarterbacks are drafted. Or another scenario, you get six times, so you got 60 quarterbacks drafted in the first round. And in a league where quarterback is the biggest need for any team, yep. what, what happens to 90% of those quarterbacks? They just, they, they're, you know, and that shows you the need at quarterback. So, so the fact that what you're mentioning, this does not happen. Nope. Uh, this does not. I mean, Watson. Watson is at the peak of his. He hasn't even entered his prime. Nope. 
Now, um, I want to say something too. Uh, I think we're, we're witnessing, uh, if you want to call it a uh, renaissance, uh, you know, in, 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 uh, in the NFL. Uh, if we compare both sports, right, and, and not to get into too much detail, but in the NBA, uh, the NBA is catered for the superstar player. Whatever the superstar player wants, the superstar player gets. Whatever right? LeBron wants, LeBron and yeah, gets. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. The NFL is very old school in that regard. Uh, the owners are, are the ones that have the final say or the GNs, you know, and, and they're, the, they're, they're the decision makers and they're not going to give that option. Although the, the players do have a voice, right, and social media, different platforms, you know, all the things that the NFL dives into, I think now we're witnessing a little bit more of a renaissance in, in the players, you know, and, and then voicing their displeasures and either two things happen. Either they get traded or released, or they just the, the the team finds a way to mend the fence and make it work. Before, I think Randy Moss said this. Before it was just shut up and play. Mm-hmm. You, you get no option. You just finish your contract and, and that's it. And then you know when your when your negotiation is up, then you have the option of moving elsewhere. I, I don't think that is happening anymore. And that's a good thing. That that that's a good thing because how many players just think of Andrew Luck, right? Uh, of Man, he got killed, you know. Uh, and hey, he go, go, go back too. a little more. David David Carr. David, for people Carr. Forget, David, David Carr, for people forget how good he was coming out of college. You know? They broke him. Exactly. And, and then not only that, so I think that's why there was like, like a roller decks of quarterbacks, right? Mm-hmm. But now I also see it the opposite way too in, in that regard for the players. But now from the coaching standpoint, uh, these offenses now are being catered also to the strengths of your player. So they make it work. You know, mm-hmm. what does a player do good? Okay. I'm going to move my offense and I'm going to cater to your strengths. We're seeing it with Lamar Jackson, right? Everybody thought he was running quarterback and, you know, they're implementing both things at the same time. Has it been successful? Obviously it has because he's, he's a league MVP, right? You know, he hasn't, it hasn't amount to much in the playoffs, but you see, you start to see that kind of thing. You know, it's not just like I'm the coach, you know, and you're going to do things the way I'm telling you, because that's the offense that I run. The coaches that have been smart have been able to tweak. Right. I mean, look uh, at, and, I mean, John, John, and John Harbaugh is a perfect example. He had Joe Flacco win him a Super Bowl and, and Lamar Jackson hasn't won yet. Maybe he won his game this right. year, but, but, you know, no, no, you're right. You're right. Adjusting is, has been huge. Now, now I got a little bit off subject, but now I'm talking about compensation for Deshaun, right? Which is the vocal point here. And man, it's got to be high. And again, just to illustrate it, apples to oranges because they're just two different kinds of quarterbacks. But Stafford, Stafford got traded to the Rams, and I thought that was a good trade. So the Rams gave up two first-round picks and a third-round pick, and the Lions got Jared Goff, right? I mean, but let me, uh, before, before we, you know, and, and before anything on that particular trade, because a lot is said about that, you know, two first round picks and a third round pick, but how much was that extra paid because of the fact that the Lions were taking in that contract of, of, of uh, Stafford? Because you mean the a, Rams inheriting the, the big contract of Stafford? No, no, no. Uh, sorry, of Goff. Pardon me. Of I mean, how much, so, you so know, it's more the Lions, the, the Lions burden per se. So Correct. I need to get compensated because I'm inheriting this monstrosity yep. of a contract. Kind of like, like the Brock Osweiler trade, if you remember. Mm-hmm, you right. know, I think I think I think maybe I don't know maybe two round two first rounders make sense. Maybe that third 
rounder was thrown in there just to sweeten the deal. But but right. but yeah, I, I do think that the value is a little bit lower. But anyway, carry on with the point. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, with Deshaun, uh, I think I think you got to bet the farm, man. You you really do. Uh, I don't think there. If the do the Texans do decide to trade him and Deshaun is is anchors down and says I want out, uh, I think the competition is going to be crazy. And I I I imagine there's going to be a lot of teams lining up to see if they can go get Deshaun. Well, if you, if, you th- if if the Texans go ahead and say you know what, okay Deshaun, we we, we don't want to have we don't want an unhappy quarterback in our in our quarterback room, we don't want an unhappy dude leading our team. All right, let's trade you. Unless you're the Chiefs, unless you're uh, man, I'm trying to think here. I I don't think. Geez, I'm, 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 I honestly maybe, think there's maybe three the teams. Maybe the Bills. Yeah, the Bills. I think there's three teams that absolutely maybe maybe four. Add four with that. I think it's a semifinalist of this year. If you're the Chiefs, if you're the Bills, if you're the Patriot. If you're the Buccaneers, and if you're the Packers, you're staying away from that. Everybody else, I think. Is gonna line up to yeah. go get the shot, and, and even Everybody. then, the, and even then, the Packers, you're kind of like, eh, you know, Rodgers is almost on the right. tail end, you know. But anyway, it, that just kind of goes to show there's gonna be value. Now, oh, something yeah. that, that, well, what doesn't get talked about enough though is the no trade clause. So the mm-hmm. Sean Watson though has all the power in the world because it, we, 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 you mentioned it right now, the, the tide is turning. The NFL is turning. It's changing. Back in the day, if the starting quarterback said, I, I'm gonna, I want to get traded now, they would look at him and be like, boy, said, I, we saw it with Carson Palmer. If you recall, I mean, you would definitely he retired. Retire. Yep. He, he retired. Yeah, he retired. And then he, he was sitting on his couch until the season. And then for some reason, the Raiders decided to give up a first-round pick, correct? Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson had ties with him uh, when he was an OC at, at Cincy. And he was a head coach then of Oakland. Uh, I remember this perfectly, man. Four and two. The Raiders were four and two with Jason Campbell at the helm. They were clicking in all cylinders. They're playing the Browns. You're right. He and, got hurt. And Jason Campbell got hurt. And that derailed the season. Uh, I think Hugh panicked a little. And he he offered, which was then like far-fetched, right? Um, he offered a first round for a 30-year-old, 30-year-old somewhat quarterback who had been sitting for a year. Which, su- which surprisingly, he ended up after leaving the Raiders, he ended up having a pretty good end towards his career with the, yeah, with the Cardinals. With Arians. But, but it kind of goes to show you, he, he was a non-mobile, you know, had already had a torn ACL quarterback. Got a first-round pick for him. You mentioned the Cutler, two first-round picks for him. You mentioned Stafford, two first-round picks for him. Whether Goff was in it or not, you know, we can go ahead and argue that. The, the value is there. So, I mean, but that, that that's where at what point is it too much to pay right so let's let's think about the two teams that are supposed to be on Deshaun Watson's radar right so we mentioned it the Niners and the and the Broncos let's let's go ahead and start with the Niners just for for personal sake if you're the if you're the Texans what do you ask for you you obviously you're obviously asking for one of the three stars immediately and that's either Nick Bosa that's George Kittle or that's Fred Warner so, so, so if you're Houston, first off, you say, all right, before any discussions open up, one of these three is coming up. Now, as, as a Niner fan, it is very hard for me to – it's a very hard pill to swallow to say, yeah, go ahead and take Nick Bosa or go ahead and take 
George Kittle. Because people tend to forget that, that leaders are extremely needed on a team. And it's not that simple to say, oh, yeah, well, let's drop everything for a quarterback. But let's, let's just say, for, for argument's sake, let's say one of those three. At that point, you still got to add in this year's first-round pick. You have to add in next year's first-round pick. And I would not be shocked if you add in even another first-round pick and a few, maybe a second. This is like the Herschel-Walker trade. Oh, this is, yep. this is nuts. So as a Niner fan, at what point is it too much to pay? You under, I understand, you know, it's a, it's, it's a generational talent, right? It's, 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 uh, it's, it's the player that can bring you to the promised land, to call it that. You know, it's the guy that can, that can take you home. But at what moment do you affect what you already have as a Niner team? And I think you mentioned it last week. You know, you, you strongly believe that with Kyle Shanahan, they can get over the hump with just a, you know, subpar average quarterback. I am one to right. think that they need an upgrade. But at what point are you paying just too much? Because in the NFL, a first round pick is a lot, man. I mean, it's, it's a big deal. It's, a it's big, not like in basketball. It is not. It's a big deal. It's not. It's not like in basketball where I know the Celtics. They a couple of years ago they traded and they got like a gazillion first round picks and they kept yeah. getting extra first. You know, it's not like that. It, it's no. they have they have a lot of value. There's you know a what's, lot of capital. Mm-hmm. What's to say? Because you, you, Deshaun Watson's on his final year of his contract. So what's to say? You know, he is is he on his final year? You know what? I don't want to. Don't quote me on that. I, I believe he is on the final year. But what's to say it doesn't work out? And now you've mortgaged all these first-round picks. And that's, that's the beauty of trading, man. Yeah. I really think that's where it's at. If you're sold on this guy and he's your guy and the, the general manager believes in him, the coach believes in him, and, and you're sold, you're going to bet the farm. Uh, I know, I know that you, you mentioned some of those centerpieces in that, uh, in that young, uh, stout, 49er defense. Uh, but if you're sold that you're a quarterback away or that it's a significant upgrade and he fits your system seemingly, you got to pull the trade. But, at, but what, what, what would you say is the top? Like, what's the, what's the peak? You're like, okay, I ain't going over that. At what moment do you pull yourself out of those trade discussions? I, I tell you what, I'm not going to include any players. Okay, I'm not. I'd say four. Four first-rounders? Four first-rounders, which would be unprecedented. But, but that's Deshaun Watson. That's, that's yeah. ultimately Deshaun Watson. It's unprecedented that he's on the market. How is that possible? You don't think Houston will pull? And, and, and what's to say? you got to flip it the other way too, right? Yes, first-round picks have a lot of capital in the NFL. They're precious. But what's to say that those picks turn out you know, you're not going to get a generational talent like you are for Deshaun, but you won't trying to get compensated for it, right? But mm-hmm. who's to say that those four first-round picks even become our four, starters? Our four, four Johnny Manziel's. That don't, exactly. That don't right? So, so I, I think it's in the now, right? If this guy is your guy, pull it. Pull well, it not pull. only that, if, if you do trade for him, you end up believing that you're going to be good. And your draft picks are going to be at the later part of the first round. So they do That's lose their value. If we go off the, exactly. uh, the Jimmy Johnson, you know, trade chart or whatever, whether you yeah. believe it or, it or not, um, we know that the top 10 picks have a much higher value than the bottom 22 of the, of the draft. So I, I get it. I, I, I get it. I do think. 
I do think Watson is also not stupid. And I think Watson holds is holding the cards. And, and that's what we're saying. This yes. is unprecedented because Deshaun Watson could say, you know what? I want to get traded and I don't want to go there and I want to go there. And I no, no, no. That's too much. Because if I'm Deshaun Watson, I'm just coming out of an organization that was stupid enough to trade away my best friend in, in the offense. And not only that, got nothing compensated for nothing. it. Nothing. So if I'm Deshaun Watson, do I really want to go to a team that has mortgaged all of his future picks also? For me, to, you know, you're almost putting yourself in a future sane position. So I do think Deshaun Watson holds enough of a cards where maybe if the price was four first-round picks, maybe Deshaun Watson is able to bring it down to three. You know, if the price was three first rounds, maybe he's able to convert one of the, the first to maybe a third. Or maybe two fours, or you know something like that. Maybe Deshaun's able and you, to do and you got to see it this way too. I'm sure whichever team, which right now it's talks of you know 49ers and and the Broncos. Uh, he's I'm assuming he's obviously he's a smart dude. He's he's electing to go there for a reason, mm-hmm. you know, such as the other players. Why Tom Brady went to Tampa? Uh, you know, it's the pieces around. It's the coaching. It's the upper management. Uh, you know, it's a system, it's, it's the city factors into obviously. Right. Uh, and I think if he does become available, that's why I said, uh, San Francisco being one, obviously, but I, I, that's why I fear that Denver is such a sexy pick. Yeah. You know, Denver, Denver is loaded offensively. They are. And, and if, if there's one quarterback or if there's one player or one X player, Hall of Fame player that can lure you there, it's John Elway. He has credentials, you know, he can, oh, yeah. he can, he can. And then let's say even that Vic Fangio isn't even the dude, right? But we know something about Fangio. He can, he can coach defense, you know? So that, that plays kind of Deshaun. Well, you know what? Same thing with San Francisco, right? You know what? I don't have to constantly be pulling this team out and putting it on my shoulders and, you know, having to score 30 points to just remain, you know, relevant. So or stress about what the organization is going to do behind my back and just. Right. So even over. if you, if you, even if you let go of those first round picks, those future first round picks, you know, that you already have a core to work with. And even if you lose those draft picks or that capital, you know, that there's already a core of players that lured you there in the first place. And you can, you know, you, you, you can make it work. So. Uh, I would hate, I, I think it would elevate the, 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 the division personally speaking about, you know, the Broncos. I don't know if you saw this article in a little side note, but uh, the report came out that said that Vangio actually said that they had to dumb down, like uh, make the system a lot easier for Drew Locke. So they had to dumb it down basically. Oh, wow. So it just goes to show you, right? I mean, well, we knew, we, we knew that when he was drafted, he did. People were surprised he went so high. He has yeah. he has some raw talent. He does, but I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, let, let's let's continue yeah. on a little because I know we could talk about Deshaun forever. Uh, probably not as sexy conversation, you know, the Carson Wentz out there, the Sam Darnold. If your organization, and you know, these two guys are, you know, I, I'm hearing, I'm reading that the Jets are not sold in Darnold as much as they're making it out to be because they obviously want to get some sort of compensation for him. What what uh what sounds sexier, Sam Darnold or Carson Wentz, or 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 even maybe throw in a Marcus Mariota, out there. I'm hearing he's he's out there a lot. Do you go for the cheap, you know, veteran that might you know be a good game manager? Do you go for the 
cheap rookie contract was a first round pick, but you know, he hasn't hit the ceiling yet. Or do you go for a guy that was an MVP caliber player, but something happened last year? I would say you go for Darnold. Um, out of all these players, Darnold, I would say that he is the one that inherited an impossible situation. Uh, Adam Gaze, I'm still puzzled why Woody Johnson and the Jets organization decided to go with, I know it's ultimately the GMs, right? But why they, <laughs> why they went for Adam Gaze, maybe they thought that he could, you know, Bro, they saw Arnold. they saw him twice a year. Exactly at the Miami, and look at what he did to Tannehill's career. Oh, right? My goodness. No coincidence. He got out of there, went to Tennessee, and had a resurgence. That just tells you right there. So I think Darnold, he's younger. Uh, he has a he. I think he he's been he's a big dude. Uh, he's been he's often pretty good. Injured. He's been pretty good when he gets the chance. He's right. not. Gonna- He's not bad. Uh, now, I would pause for Carson Wentz because I, I've read, heard, I'm sure as you guys listeners have, have heard the same thing too. Carson Wentz also has a size, has all the intangibles, and he had that terrific, uh, you know, uh, when the Eagles went to the Super Bowl before he got derailed by an injury. Under Frank Bright, which was the OC then, which is now the Colts uh, coach, head coach. Uh, but something that kind of like was pause for concern is that reports started coming out that Wentz doesn't like to be coach hard. Oh, and that, and, and that he, uh, he rebuttals a little, you know, when you kind of grind them, you know, he, it's he, every, every player has ego, right? Every quarterback especially, has especially the quarterbacks, right? But dude, come on, bro. You know, when, when you get into that attitude, that attitude, I think is very contagious probably in a locker room, right? And and your quarterback's supposed to be the face of your franchise. So yeah. Well, well not to bring not to bring in basketball in, but but leaders are made, you know, by by their actions. You mentioned it. I mean uh, Kobe Bryant, they they I as a Laker fan, I, I used to read up on him on that and they mentioned he used to get up every day at 4 a.m. to work out. And after games he would stay back to shoot around and just get better at his game. As a quarterback they say Tom Brady, and again, hate him, love him, don't matter, does not drink a single ounce of alcohol from the moment training camp starts to the moment he wins the Super Bowl. He, there you go. It takes dedication, and it takes it hard does. work. If, if, you're, if you're in the NFL quarterback business, brother, I got to break it to you. You are not there for an easy, smooth ride. Leave that to the defensive tackles that get to eat whatever they want and just show up and get some sacks and then rub their belly. Right. Yeah, different right. position. You're the quarterback. You got to go in there for the results. And I if- think these guys, yeah, these guys, I think in college, especially, right? Uh, they're the, and even in high school and maybe Pee Wee, uh, Pop Warner. They were always a bigger dude. They were always the fastest dude. They always had the rock of an arm, speaking about quarterback. So they're so naturally uh, talented that all of this is automatic. But when you go into the NFL, it's a totally different animal, man. They're used getting, to they used to it being it, it, it just being easy and they don't got to work hard. Exactly, for it. That's exactly the point. So I think they fall into this like, ah, I'm good. You know, I don't have to study all that much. I don't have to do training. I don't have to lift weights. I don't have to watch what I eat. I'm good. I'm already talented. You know, I'm just here to learn the playbook. And and that's not it, man. That's not it. You know, and I think that's where I would be a little bit paused for concern. 
aced out of the reports for Carson Wentz. And Mariota, man, Mariota can, can, can make it work. He'll come really cheap. He can be a, a, a Tannehill 2.0. Well, think about uh, Washington. Think, uh, what about like a Washington? Yeah, you know, the, there you go. I mean, I think uh, it's he's a stopgap unless he wows you that year, you know. But I think it goes back to the same thing. I think these coaches got to like draw up a, a certain, you know, game plan or, or a coaching, uh, an offensive style that fits that, you know, that scheme of the quarterback. That way you can maximize his talent. So I think Mariota would come super cheap. Uh, and I'm sure there's going to be more names thrown around, but in my opinion, I would go for Darnold, man. That that boy is young. He's got all the intangibles. He's got had a, a, a horrific, uh, you know, Jets uh, coaching and GM, and it didn't surround him with no pieces. So I, I would I would venture to gamble on him first. And Wentz, he has it, man. It's just how much does he want to put in, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what and, it comes and, down to with him. And right before we wrap up this segment, I. I if I had to pick, I would ultimately go with Wentz. And I know the reports are there. I believe the reports. But in the NFL, nothing is certain. So if, I, if I'm a GM, I go with what I know. And I've seen Carson Wentz perform at a high level. So if I'm a general manager, I, I, I think the majority of the general managers in the NFL tend to go for production that they've already seen. Sam Darnold, you know, we could say he kind of has it. We it's just bad position, you know. But but uh, does he ultimately get it? I don't know. And and that's a question that I don't know how many general managers are interested. I know for a fact coaches don't want to hear. I maybe no 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 they want something certain. So yeah. maybe you you find a quarterback. I mean a general manager coach duo. You know Frank Reich, uh, the 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 Colts suddenly are interested and and they know what they got in Carson Wentz. If Frank Wright, Frank Wright knows him better than anybody else. So if, if he knows right. he, if he ultimately trades for Wentz, I believe Wentz is extremely successful in Indianapolis. If he doesn't want to trade for him, that's where I would say, okay, I got concerns. I got real concerns because they won a Super Bowl with him. So the, I would have legitimate concerns. And when I say him, I mean because he had the majority right, of the season. Yeah. Correct. But, but, so, but that, those are my thoughts. So that, that was – no, no, it's a good point. And, and just to wrap up a little bit there, what you mentioned, because basically for Wednesday, it's, so far it's come down to two teams, the Colts and the Bears. Uh, they haven't disclosed what the Bears offered, but it has been much higher than what the Colts offered because the Colts offered two twos, if I'm not mistaken. And I think in theory that's the perfect scenario for Carson Wentz to have a career revitalization because of all the points you just mentioned, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think, though, if, if the Colts want to get – I mean, if the Eagles want to get compensated, they're going to lean on Chicago. What worries me about Chicago is that this is a prove-it year, meaning that you're in the hot seat. So Nagy and Pace, are, this is basically their year. So they're going to go all in, of course. So I think that's only – if it doesn't work out, that's only going to damage wins. That's another stress factor. you mortgage factor. all mm-hmm. the future, right? You mortgage all the future. You gave all these first-round picks for a guy that's not proven like Deshaun is. Uh, you know, so it, and then it, and suddenly, it, suddenly Chicago's in a Houston situation where it's like, it, it, whoa, it repeats it's all over. Now, if it works, great, right? I mean, you're all yeah. in. Yeah, let's put all the chips in the table. Nagy, you know, saves his job. The GM pay saves his job. Okay, cool. But if it doesn't work out, then that's rough. That's you're rough. Stuck with wins and a big contract, and you don't have any draft capital. Definitely. Well, at least for sure. I, I guess. I guess here, unfortunately for Wentz, it's not up to him. If you're yeah. if you're the if you're the Eagles, you take what you know. You're already taking a big hit in your dead cap money. So if it's there 
and they're offering you good stuff, hey, I would take it. All right, let's go ahead and move on, man. Uh, we're we're going to go ahead and start with the new section. And I, we want to make this, you know, uh, a little bit interactive. I, we were kind of hoping to have the three of us for this section, but we're trying to do our best here. We're going we're, we're gonna to call it the what would you rather game. Okay, so what I'm going to do, uh, Josh, is I'm going to, I'm going to give you a couple scenarios. You tell me as an organization, which one would you think is better for you if you were the general manager right now? Okay, so let's start with the Jets organization. All in three questions. Would you rather have one of the rookies drafted at the number two position and trade away Darnold? Number two, trade for Watson by giving up the farm? Or number three, stick with Darnold and build a powerhouse around him? That's a really good question. Uh, for sure, I would not trade for Watson because Watson is not yeah, – there's a lot of holes in the Jets. It's almost so, Houston. It's almost the same thing, if not worse. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm confident in Salah. He's going to do a hell of a job, but no. Uh, Watson's out of the picture. It'll okay. only dig you into a bigger hole. Uh, I, I think because of what's going on, I would actually draft the quarterback. Uh, start fresh with the know, new coaching staff. Fresh. Yes. Yeah. You know, new regime and, and you mold him, you get your guy. That way, if you go down with a ship, you can say, this is my guy and I drafted him. Otherwise you're inheriting the other guys' problems. So I would go with scenario number one. Okay. I would say, uh, I, I like that. I like that very much. I think the, the, the real question would be how much do you want? Like how much do you believe in Darnold? Because if you, if you happen to believe in Darnold, I would like to just look at the option of what can I get for the number two pick? We all know Trevor Lawrence is going, going number one, but there's a lot of very sweet point. options. So if, if suddenly I get, I get a call and they're offering me two first round picks, a second round pick and a third, yeah. and maybe it's a team that's already in the top 10, I'd, I'd, I'd at least listen. But I would only do that if – I like what I've seen in Sam Darnold. If I don't like you what I see, in Darnold. Yep. Yeah. I like what you see. That only so makes sense. Yep. Let's go on to another one. Let's 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 pretend we're we're uh, Jerry Jones. We're the general manager of America's team. Two scenarios. Mm-hmm. Number one. Yeah. Well, that would never be the scenario. But all right. <laughs> Although you know what, we, it would not be bad to have his kind of uh, bank account. So you know what? No, man. <laughs> all right. So here's a scenario. Pay deck. Pay deck the money that he wants. Don't and not franchise tag. Pay him, give him the contract, or maybe trade for a low-cost quarterback. So maybe the Mariotas of the world, the Jameis Winstons of the world, the Alex Smith. I heard he's not going to retire this week, and draft a young quarterback, maybe in the third, fourth round, or maybe even in the first round pick. I don't know. It depends on on what you want. But their defense needs help anyway. So what what would you think if you're the general manager of the Cowboys? What route would you take? Another good one, man. Um... Because the money Prescott is asking for, I I know why you're hesitant. The money Prescott is asking for is a lot of money. And we saw the issues they had on defense. Okay, so before I answer the question, um, let let me plant this scenario. Uh, I think Jerry Jones, uh, the Cowboys have drafted really well. Because because Jerry Jones is no longer the guy calling the shots. That's something I think I would never say, but the, the... the, the Cowboys have drafted really well in these later part of years, right? Yep. The last decade, yeah. maybe? Maybe. Yeah I, yeah, I would say so. I would yeah, say I, so. I agree. I agree with that. However, I think the 
the fall has been that he's compensated guys that have not that they haven't proven themselves, but you're starting to see the effect right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, just on offensive line, Tyrone Smith is on his last legs. He was a top tackle for a lot of years, but you're compensating him way too high. And, and just as Tyrone Smith, there's other examples. D-Law hasn't lived up to that huge contract. I'm not a hater, but I told, I told you, Charlie, mm-hmm. Amari, Amari Cooper, Cooper. <laughs> Amari Cooper, you know, so, and, and then Jalen Smith. Zeke. So, Zeke. So my thing is there, he's not going to do this, but if I were the Cowboys, I would blow it all up. Mm-hmm. Blow it all up. If Dak, well, if, yeah, if Dak is not signed, I think Amari Cooper might be gone. I think even Zeke is something that you got to consider. I don't know. I don't know what the cap implications are of getting rid of of Zeke, but it's tough. And, and you know, going back to what you said of how they get compensated, it's why I think players love Jerry Jones because he puts his money where his mouth is. He, He is at the end of the day, he is probably the best owner for his players, for the players yep. that he has. But he loves his players. He loves He's his player friendly. He is player yeah. friendly. And if you play well for him, not only is he going to compensate you, he's going to overcompensate you. He's yeah. he, We've seen it for so long. So are you saying then maybe go for a – so you're saying blow it up. You're saying blow and, it up. Okay. And then to, and then to make it fair, uh, uh, the NFL right now, it, it's uh, – it's not what you have. Well, it is what you have done for me lately, but basically it's out of your control. What the salary cap implications are, what it's mm-hmm. trending, right? It, nothing against Prescott, but Hey, he wants to get paid, right? What, what the market is dictating. And right now it's 40 mil. Oh, but, you, <laughs> but, but here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing, Josh. I don't think he's going to get that money anymore because as you know, and I know, and our, our listeners know the majority of them, the salary cap is, is going to be considerably down. So if I'm not the Cowboys and I don't pay, maybe, maybe there is a team out there that pays that $40 million contract. But I know as if I'm a GM, I don't pay Dak Prescott $40 million. I know he, he was having a beyond historical season last year, but you got to look at the weapons that he had too. So yep. before all that went down, you know, it, it's, it's, he's not going to fix your problems. No, he's, he's not going to fix your problems if you pay him 40 mil. That, he's actually that, gonna he's, he's gonna cause problems if anything. That's he's a good thing. guy. I like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but unfortunately, we've seen it. Look, Tom Brady, whether he's getting paid money on the side through uh, an offshore account, which is <laughs> has to be the thing, because he's he's actually he's never been a he's never been the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Nope. He's he's a smart dude. Then again, he has a wife who probably makes more money than he does. So probably yes. money is not not even the issue. But but you know, he gets it. Yeah. Time and time again, the highest-paid quarterback does not win the big one. We've talked no. a lot about Mahomes last week, and we mentioned. I don't I'm think you brought up win. this point. So, yeah. so check this out. And very briefly, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. This is according to website azcentral.com. Salaries, top ten quarterbacks. Okay, salaries. Sure. Mahomes is number one with forty-five million. Number two is Deshaun Watson with thirty-nine. Yikes. Number three is Russell Wilson with 35. Number four is Ben Roethlisberger with 34. Wow. Number five, and this is tied. Number five, uh, there's two players, Aaron Rodgers with 33.5 and Jared Goff at 33.5. Now with the Lions. <laughs> uh, number seven is Kirk Cousins with 33. Number eight is Carson Wentz with 32. 
Number nine, because of the franchise tag, was Dak Prescott at 30.1. And last but not least, wrapping up top 10, Matt Ryan at 30 mil. The oh, one, one Super Bowl champ. And if, if I can make a note on that, on those numbers, <laughs> let's make the note and clarify that even though Mahomes does have a ring, he won it under his Before. rookie contract. That is Aaron Rodgers won it while he was not paying astronomical numbers yet before that the correct. quarterback situation. So this is a proven thing. When your cap is taken up the majority by a high-end quarterback, it's going to be tough. It doesn't matter how good he is. But let me bring you another right. scenario, bro, before we – before uh, we're definitely – going uh, pretty big on time let's see let's talk about the raiders and i know you're you know i should have probably not even included them because you're probably going a little bit of a ranch but i'm gonna ask you this do you stick with Derek carr or do you go with Mariota and maybe beef up that defense because I, I know his contract's only 10 million so you know is there is i, I know i know if you put it apples to apples you know Derek carr marcus Mariota. there's a big there, there, there's, a, there's a difference you know Mar- mm-hmm. Derek carr's better but is the difference that 15 million that that one gets paid and the other one doesn't can you mm-hmm. beef off the defense well, but i'd like to hear from you 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 probably know better than i do i will tell you this uh i actually had a conversation with yanko about this uh cuz we were going back and forth and what the raiders should do this offseason when the Derek Carr trade rumors started swirling and maybe it was just teams inquiring right hey is Derek available is Derek available you know just to kind of get a feel uh last year or this year that just passed, uh, Derek Carr was not the problem. No, he was not. It was a defense. Absolutely. Now, there was a couple of games, specifically the Atlanta Falcons game, that that was a straight-up dud. That's where the season went downhill. Yeah, but Derek Carr was not the problem this year. It was defense. Straight up. It was defense. If anything, we stayed afloat, meaning the Raiders were competitive because of Derek Carr. So, bro, saying, so, so, so does that mean if Mariota would have been the quarterback, you would have been worse? Is it safe to say that? Or, or could you have done the same with Mariota? I think uh, Carr protects the ball better than Mariota. I think Mariota is a little bit more turnover prone. And we got a small dose in that Chargers game, that Thursday night game, mm-hmm. uh, when Mariota did charge him back and he threw a costly pick. But uh, he, he managed to, to get the game. And again, the collapse was because of defense. So I, I think John Gruden, I'm not saying he's as a savvy quarterback whisperer as Kyle Shanahan. But I think uh, he would be able to work with Mariota. And if anything, Mariota would maybe open up his offense a little bit more. But I think I, I would stick with Carr. I like it. I, I like stick it. With Carr. And just a little bonus, little nugget there. Uh, do you happen to remember, Josh, what happened in that uh, end of the game between the Raiders and the Chargers who scored that final touchdown in overtime? And how that uh, had a lot of implications in fantasy football. Thank you very much. Anyway, let's wow. go ahead. <laughs> let's go ahead wow. and go into, into and start wrapping up this uh, second episode that we've had here. Uh, we've actually surprisingly had quite a few questions come in through our mailbag. So we want to encourage you guys to continue sending them in uh, through text. Uh, we're going to go ahead and put in our email in our in our description. So go ahead and check it out. Send us an email. We should have our social media up and running probably in the next couple of weeks. So uh, go ahead and watch out for that. And uh, let's go ahead and go into some of the questions that were brought into us. Number one, what needs to happen for the Packers to finally get over the hump? 
I got a few thoughts on that, but I'd like to listen in to you. This is how I feel. I, I feel I'm an Aaron Rodgers fan, straight up. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Aaron Rodgers. And I know he can be condescending perhaps sometimes, but I think this year was his year, man. This was his year. This was put up or shut up. And if only he, he whether it be Matt LaFleur and his calls, but this was his year. He got everything that he wanted this year. Everything. He, he even had he, he even got three interceptions from the GOAT. Exactly my point, right? Yeah. Devontae yeah. is is obscene. They got Tanya, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, Dylan. Uh, you know, they had a good offensive line. It was kind of like banged up. He has the best left tackle in football in Bakhtiari. You know, he had a very good defense, which a is very good center. Corey Lindsay's a good guy. So man, what else do you want, bro? I, I, a, a sorry division in the in the in the NFC North. I'm sorry about the Bear fans, but it's true, right? Lions and Vikings. Vikings are on a comeback, but they have Kirk Cousins. So come on, the Lions are just you're limited. So I don't know. Now it, it, it's kind of ironic because we did mention at the beginning, right? If you get a JJ Watt piece, but I'm gonna throw this scenario at you. It's gonna blow your mind. <laughs> oh boy! Maybe you heard it. I say. You call Cleveland, okay? You call Cleveland and you tell them, what do you want for OBJ? Oh. You have Aaron Rodgers right now, and that will make him the most ecstatic man. He'll probably drink scotch the rest of his life every night if you go get him OBJ. You get OBJ, and, and you pair him with Devontae. And I don't know cap ramifications, right? But again, that's you why figure, these general you, managers. You, you figure it out. You fi- I mean, I mean, the Saints are like seventy million over the Bro. cap. I think yeah. you can figure it out. Exactly. You, you GMs get paid a good amount of money to figure that out, mm-hmm. right? So you go get OBJ. I say if you get OBJ and you get JJ JJ Watt, which is very doable getting JJ Watt. But you get OBJ, that'll get you over the hump because. You're going to have to deal with that pesky goat that lives down in Florida for at oh, least two more years. Oh, yeah. I agree. So. But I, I, I'm going to throw a little wrench into your argument just because uh, I'm one to think that – I agree. I agree that this is the Rodgers year. I agree it was put on a silver platter. It was ready it was. to go. He, it, it really was. You know, Rodgers should have won it. That That's – Here's, here's my take that, and, and I know a lot of people are arguing over the floor, you know, his call. That second half, you, we, you and me were, were talking, Yanko was talking, we were all discussing that game. Aaron Rodgers had, what, five, six chances in that second half to take over the game. He did it, right? But at what point was it, at, at what point are we legitimately going to say he didn't have that second option? I understand he had three running backs. I get it. I get it, you know. But he did not, and Tanyan is good, but he's still a tight end. And he's not Kittle, and he's not, and he's not Kelsey. I know he was a touchdown machine this year, but, but yeah. people got be, to be realistic. He is not Kittle. He is not Kelsey. He's, he's not, not there. there. He's not there. He, will he become? Maybe. I don't know. He could become. But, it, you know, it, you, have the, you, you mentioned OBJ, and I like, that. I like that little option that you're throwing there. Because if you have the first-round pick, I think you send that first-round pick to Cleveland right away. I, I think you I think you do it. But here's where I'm gonna tweak it and I'm gonna change it up. Because that's a dangerous thing if you're Green Bay. And, and here's why. Green Bay has always been a stable organization. Am I right to say that they've Correct. always been a stable organization? You know, you go all the way back to Vince Lombardi. 
They've always been stable. They're always at least in it for an opportunity to get into a Super Bowl hunt, right? You bring OBJ there in the final times, the final years of Aaron Rodgers' career, and we have seen OBJ get forced the ball to him so much. Imagine that scenario with Devontae Adams. That, you know, I get that you're going to have two number one receivers, but can you imagine what happens if suddenly OBJ gets upset and now things don't start working out? And we know Aaron Rodgers tends to be a guy. I love Aaron Rodgers, too. I think he's the best. He has the best arm in the NFL. But he tends to be a little bit of a crybaby many times. Suddenly, you can have a major implosion in Green Bay. So my fear with Green Bay, you trade for OBJ, is there's a lot of pros to that. You might have enough to get over the hump. But suddenly, that can explode so bad that this franchise that tends to be stable and always in the hunt might just be in trouble for a few years because now you lose Aaron Rodgers. Now all you're left with is is a is a OBJ and maybe Devonte. Yeah, Jordan Love and maybe Devonte Adams at that point is like, see ya, I'm out. You know, I don't know. But really, to, to me, the biggest thing was though the defense. I, I think the defense of the Green Bay Packers was actually, in my eyes, a top five defense. The issue with their defense was their defensive coordinator. I mean, you, def- defensive call to end the half of the nfc championship and you're telling me you're gonna go cover one with the court one on one come on now come on i mean that's that that i mean hopefully we don't get sued for saying come on man but you know what i'm talking about (laughs) that's that's ridiculous you know that aaron Rodgers can't win like that you know he had his chances to come back but he had to come back he was in a hole Guess what? Tom Brady didn't have to come back. He didn't have to worry about that because his defense was good. So I think I think the Packers invest in a good linebacker. Maybe I think that could help out. You know, bring in JJ Watt. But more importantly, get 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 a good coach that can just call. You know, normal that a normal play call that a normal fan can tell you. Go prevent, man. And if they get a field goal, they get a field goal. You know, I'm not yeah. saying that's what lost them in the game, but ultimately things could have been better if that wasn't the case. Let's go on to another question. What is the best quarterback scenario in Pittsburgh? And you mentioned Big Ben right now when you mentioned those salaries. So, well, uh, Big Ben, 34 mil, uh, top four earnings. Uh, I honestly think, man, you you already saw, you already saw what you're gonna get out of Big Ben. Mm-hmm. So I honestly thought that Stafford there was perfect. Oh man, he was that a was, he's a young perfect. He's a younger Big Ben. That would have been so perfect, but obviously he's he's in LA right now with Sean McVay. Um, I I really think it really limits your options right now. Uh, so ask Ben to take a pay cut. And write this puppy again. But but here's the thing, uh, Josh. Is, is it even worth it though? Because I I feel that this is almost the same version that we had Peyton Manning in his final year. I feel his arm's gone now. I think maybe not as shot as as uh as Manning and his as ducks. Peyton Manning. You know, I don't think it's that bad. I agree that you're saying maybe take a pay cut, but at what point, whatever pay cut he takes, I mean, I don't think it's going to be close to the ten million dollar range. Why not just go for a quarter, uh, a rookie quarterback that can ultimately get you over? The, you know, just, you know, dude, you got Chase Claypool on one side. You got the, uh, Deontay Johnson on the other. 
You got a good slot. You know, you got Eric Ebron, who's a good tight end. You got a good running back core. And boy, don't even worry about it because you got a top three defense on your team. And not only that, you can start building even more because the amount of money that Pittsburgh was throwing on Big Ben, even if you even if he takes a pay cut, how much better are they really going to be as long as Big Ben's the quarterback? And, and I'm not saying Big Ben's the answer long term. I, I do agree with what you just said. Uh, I'd say you draft a quarterback no matter what in the first round this year. Uh, even it's Pittsburgh is a lot like Green Bay. They're very conservative in their approach. Mm-hmm. They're not aggressive. They stick with their laurels. I mean, that's why they're successful franchises, but they're very methodical. They're not going to wow you. They're not going to do a sexy pick that you're like, what? You know, Jordan Love last year was crazy. Uh, but uh, I don't think they do a splashy move. Um, but I do agree that the Steelers have to think long and hard about the quarterback situation. So the safest thing to do is you got to stick it out with big Ben this year, draft your quarterback, let him sit behind one year and you got a stout defense. If it's something the Steelers always do well is draft receivers really well, you know, where they draft them. No, that man, they, they got that on lockdown. I think lesson learned, lesson learned. We didn't talk about fantasy today, but guys, if the Pittsburgh Steelers draft a quarter, a running, a receiver, go get them, go get them. Doesn't matter where, just go get them. Go get them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and and their, their other signature is defense. They they have always a very, very competent defense, you know, and ironically, I think these last three or four years, they've led the the NFL in sacks. So you hit the nail on the head. You get a rookie, you get a rookie uh, quarterback. If you feel that he's ready to go, put him, plug him in there, limit him, mold him. And adios, Big Ben. I think he, he already gave you. And then especially now that the the AFC North is on the come up, Cleveland's not going away. Baltimore is there, you know, so Man, you got you got to do something. Those crazy years of Pittsburgh dominating that AFC North are are long gone. Oh, you yeah. know, Cincinnati's in a rebuild still, but but you know what? If I mean Cincinnati already realized we got a good quarterback. We got Joe Burrow. He's really good. T. Higgins is good. You got Tyler Boyd. You know, you got Joe Mixon who had an off year this year. He's kind of hurt this and that. If they can tweak their defense, watch out with Cleveland. It's not safe to say. I could see it down the horizon now that Pittsburgh could be in trouble. And believe it or not, Pittsburgh could be the fourth best team in that division next year. That's my hot take. Yeah, I mean, it makes perfect sense. I think since he still has the coaching thing kind of a little bit Maybe, maybe. I think Um, so too. Baltimore's not going away. Cleveland's going to be good. Um, And and like like what you said right now, it could could be that. It's going to be a battle for third and fourth between them. Could be that. The, the, the only the only wild card here is that the Pittsburgh defense is just ridiculous. It's it's good, yeah. and and as we know, defense wins championships. So ultimately, right. as long as they don't have a quarterback that's going to lose them games, they should be fine. So I agree. Big Ben stays if he takes a major, considerable pay cut. If he doesn't, take a rookie and let him know, boy, don't just 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 continue with the little screens, little dump offs, easy passes. Yep. Let's go on with that. Uh, one, one final quick one, and we're obviously going a little bit over on time, Josh, so let's let's not go into this one too much, but let's just talk about the Bears a little bit. I know we got some listeners who would love us talking about the Bears. Um, and, uh, the Bears, man, they, they, they've had – it's like you always think they got a good defense. You, it's always like they're, they're just the quarterback away. And, and you go back to Jay Cutler, and, and they had some pretty good years with Jay Cutler. They had some underrated good years. To think that this team lost a Super Bowl with Rex 
you know? Osman. Ernolosaurus Rex. Oh, yeah. I kind of showed you the type of organization this is. This team has yep. always struggled to have a legitimate quarterback under center. Yep. What do they have to do to not just get over the hump, get over the Green Bay hump? Because they got to get over that. They, 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 they see the, the yellow and green, and they poop their pants. And that's the reality. The Bears have – they can beat anybody any day except the Green Bay Packers. They are just so scared. So what do the, 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 the Bears have to do? Shout out to my brother-in-law that lives in Chicago. Uh, he's a big Bears fan. And, um, man, he was telling me this. He's like, man, it's been long, long suffering. Not only did we deal with number four when he was there, meaning Brett Favre, mm-hmm. but then you passed the baton to Aaron Rodgers. And now we had to deal with number 12. So, man, it hasn't been easy being and those fan, and and, and, they've, and they've had long careers, man. You're talking yeah. – you're, you're, you're almost going 40 years yep. between these two quarterbacks. That's – Correct. Which That's which is an which is something that we got to talk about later because we, we we sometimes we overcredit Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers though because forty yeah. years and you got two Lombardis so yeah. you know, that, that is a little uh, bit over. yeah but that's, uh, not, that's for another day. I, you know what? Uh, I think uh, I think the Bears, man, are in a tough situation. The franchise, uh, they're in a crossroads because I believe that they got too caught up with making playoffs and they deemed it as a successful uh, season. When I think this year was the right year to blow it, blow it all up, uh, meaning fire Nagy, fire GM, and then let the GM pick the coach. And then if Carson becomes available, you know, okay, cool. We're all in, you know, but we bring everybody together. Now they're in a tough situation because it's a prove it year. And if you go get and bet the farm on Carson to, to come Carson Wentz. And if you failed, we talked about this earlier yep. in the pod. The, the stress That's is just tough, man. There's That's nothing tough. worse. There's nothing worse than a co- a coach on the on the hot seat. Very few get out of it. I know we saw John Harbaugh. He he was one of the few that was able to get out of that hot seat. But time and time again, these quarterback, uh, these coaches, part of me, yeah. they just don't survive. And Carson, I don't think there's a single scenario where whoever is quarterback next year is is got to feel comfortable, because yep. regardless. If you're a rookie quarterback that comes in and it fails, the new coach might come in and say, I didn't draft you. I don't want you. Yeah, if Carson exactly. Wentz comes in and he doesn't work, the next GM and coach comes in and they say, I didn't bring you in. I don't want you. Yeah, so exactly. it is t- it, it, Bears fans. I think like Pittsburgh, I think they, they have a very good defense. I think defense is always going to keep them in contention. But so does having a good quarterback. And, and that's the question. That's the thing. You know, you, 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 you whipped on it. You went Mitchell Trubisky, and that's going to, you know, Michael Jordan was, dra- was drafted. He was not drafted number one. And guess what? Uh, Portland has been haunted by that forever. Yep. Chicago, I hate to break it to you. Niner fans, I hate to break it to you. And, and the other nine teams that, that whiffed on Patrick Mahomes, you know. And we, Deshaun Watson. We, and Deshaun Watson you will be haunted for the time being because you whiffed on it. But it's worst, I think, for Chicago because they actually believed. You know, the and other teams, they, they, the other teams, you know, I guess you can you could make them believe, you can believe the whole fairy tale that I guess they were good at quarterback. And now when you look at it, nobody that they had was better than Mahomes. But, you know, you can understand it. But the Bears believed Trubisky was not was just the guy, man. Not just, not just the guy. They traded up to get him. So that, that's crazy. I, I think uh, the Bears are in a tough scenario. I think, like you said, 
unfortunately, it's going to be a year too late. I believe by next year, we're going to be talking about a new transition to a new GM, a new coach. And unfortunately, they've wasted a year. You've been a Raider fan your whole life. I've been a Niner fan my whole life. And there's nothing worse than going into a season knowing you got no chances in that season. Yes. And, 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 and as a fan, you go into the season kind of thinking, man, well, if the ball kind of bounces this way, we might just have a chance. That's the worst feeling in the world. There's nothing like going into a season believing that you got a chance to get to the to the Super Bowl. That's the best. And I and think as a Bears what? fan, you you just you don't have much hopes for this season. And, and I, I think and, and I don't I don't speak because uh, I, I hold it against him. But I, I speaking about what you just said right now, I think you also wasted Khalil Mack. Oh, absolutely, Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack was a transcendent talent, and I, I I'm I'm sure these later years he hasn't been as dominant as Don as Aaron Donald. But, bro, he has that kind of impact. Two first-round picks. Remember that. You gave up two first. So, go, even – we discussed this, man. Deshaun Watson, this, this just – this makes you realize that, guys, it would not be surprising if at the end of the day Deshaun Watson goes for six first-round picks somewhere in this. Yep. Remember this. This is unheard of. Forget about what all the analysts, experts say. Forget about yeah. the whole two first-round pick. This has never happened in the NFL before. So more than likely, both me and Josh are even wrong about our analysis. If Sean yeah. Watson ultimately gets traded, Deshaun Watson's trade is going to be something unheard of. And, and if it's not, the entire Texans organization needs to go. We need to go down to 31 NFL teams and just disband <laughs> the Houston Texans. Josh, I think this is a perfect way to wrap this puppy up. Uh, I want to thank you for being here with us. It's been a pleasure. I know uh, we definitely miss Yanko. I, I missed him today. It was it was, yeah. uh, it was was different, I think. Uh, hopefully, you guys enjoyed it. Hopefully, there wasn't too many empty moments throughout our podcast. Hopefully, you guys uh, had fun. And please... Please let us know if you guys have any questions. And again, constructive criticism. We, we want to make this fun. We want to make you guys enjoy this. Please reach out to us. Please let us know what we can make better. Believe us, we are working on trying to make this uh, improved. We're trying to get this out there. Uh, Josh, any final thoughts? No, no, agreed, Charlie. Um, I, I don't, I, I don't want to. I, I think we all have the same sentiment that we don't want this to be a Homer podcast, meaning that we're just talking about Raiders. We're just talking 49ers. You know, and that's it. No, you know, we, we want to obviously talk about, you know, day-to-day -day topics that are that are here and also stuff that interests you. And if it makes sense, you know, we'll throw it in here. You know, like today we talked more Pittsburgh, we talked Chicago, you know, so so yeah, that, that's what it's all about. Constructive criticism works and and by all means we're we're all uh ears. I was gonna say eyes, but we're really ears because we're listening and it's Definitely. hot. So <laughs> yeah. Definitely. So yeah, man, uh it's been it's been great having you. Uh, let's give uh, Yanko a call once we're done here. Make sure he's uh, alive. As, I, as I'm checking here, guys, so I'm checking right now real quick. And at this moment, Dallas is actually at 10 degrees Fahrenheit with a negative four temperature. So uh, may God be with Yanko, and hopefully he hasn't frozen to death. Uh, he, uh, <laughs> poor guy. And you know what? And he said that tomorrow they're expecting another uh, storm an to ice come storm. In. So... Yeah. Yeah. Things aren't going to be better. So who knows? Maybe next week it'll still be us too because <laughs> Yanko <laughs> might still be frozen. But anyway, guys, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for, for joining us, and we will see you next time. We'll see you in about eight days with another episode of the CJY episode. All right, guys, we will see you. Adios. <laughs>